So real, real quick, check this out. Big <laughs> Boss Man, Jake the Snake Roberts. We got Ted the Million Dollar Man, Debbie Ossie. We got the old Undertaker with the fucking tie. Okay. We got Sergeant Slaughter. What's it? The Texas Tornado. You remember nice. the Texas Tornado? Yes. yes, sir. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Rowdy Roddy. What is that you have there, Sean? This is a scholastic all about the superstars. I have had this since 1980, 1990, somewhere in that range. Brett oh, the Hitman Hart. Uh, shoot, who we got? Earthquake. You remember that big old guy? Barbarian. Dale. Is Mr. that what Tony had? That thing that Tony had that, uh, that Paul London like scribbled all over after that show when Paul London was there in Reno with us? Uh, it might have been something similar. Very similar, yeah. Well, they, I, they still kind of exist nowadays, like uh, like with more current superstars. Okay. Yeah, and I would have been highly pissed. Uh, if somebody wrote all over it? Right. So, well, that's the thing. So, Paul London was in the book because uh, he wrestled in WWF. But he started doing doodles on people that he didn't like that used yeah. to work for the company. And this was oh. not his own. This was not a book of his. Oh, no way. <laughs> this was no a book of somebody else's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no shit. No shit. Mm-hmm. It'd be different if you put it on eBay. just signed an autograph or something, but he just shit it all over it, dude. Oh. Yeah. Hey, now, now, Tim, I just want to say one thing. I am at a disadvantage. So we got three competitors in the ring today on this podcast uh, <laughs> who, are, who have been on the train for a long time. I don't actually watch it every week. So I'm, I'm really behind the storyline. I mean, I'm pulling up books from, you know, tugboat years. Uh, so I'm more like commentator area. I don't know why I went into Alex Jones all of a sudden, but uh, I'm, I'm in the commentator booth and you, and you three are going to rustle your intellectual uh, knowledge about the, the wide circled ring of wrestling entertainment. Yeah, and Dale Dale is going to be more your guy for like the main roster WWE stuff. I'm more AEW and NXT, you know, and ROH. Um, you know, he pays a lot more attention to like all the current storylines going on up there. You know, like Reigns and the Fiend and um, Dude, the Fiend. That's the guy who's the guy who's banging Rey Mysterio's daughter. I think Buddy you Murphy. Mean, you mean you mean the 35 year old wrestler who is banging the quote 19 year old sister slash. Uh, daughter of uh, the Mysterio well, family. There's no need to quote. She's 19. Yep. She's the daughter of Rey Mysterio. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that is that a real thing or is that just storyline? It's just storyline. Okay. Storyline. It's really yeah. weird. Yeah, it, it is. is. Yeah, it especially coming be- out the, off of the speaking out movement, it's very weird. What's the speaking out movement? <laughs> where it's basically the wrestling equivalent of the Me Too movement, where a bunch of people mm. got called out for doing like sexual deviant stuff and sexual harassment and rape so- and that type Would of we call it the yeah. me one two three basically yep <laughs> <laughs> yep oh shit so um, i was like 
Yeah, that's why that's why I don't if you do watch any of the current people, that's why Matt Riddle's now just referred to as Riddle. Oh. Because because for some reason WWE thinks that just by having him when you search Riddle on Google, you're not going to find out who he really is and the sexual assault allegation that he is. Yeah, I heard about that. That I did hear about. But yeah. I'm just like it's just, I don't know, it's just one of those things that's silly to me. It's like, yes, like, remove his first name, because when you Google search him, you're not going to find it. I like it better as Riddle, anyway. And um, I know you guys don't know this, because it's been, it's been a long time. Well, we'll give a little bit of background in a second, but I actually went to school with Matt Riddle. Did you really? Yeah, he went to uh, school on the East Coast. That's right. He's from Pennsylvania, isn't yep. he? Yep. That's right. Wow. I forgot yeah. about that. He yeah. Was- he was a douche in college. He's a douche now. I met the oh, guy. Networking young. I thought he was okay. Like I said, I, I interviewed him. Dale was well aware of this because when I used to go to those shows out there in Connecticut, uh-huh. he was one of the um, the guys working a Northeast wrestling show. And, you know, I didn't really know anything about this guy except for that he was like, you know, a pretty big name on the indies and whatnot. He was totally cool. He was stoned out of his mind. I mean, I got a contact yeah. card just from standing next to the guy. I didn't pick up any douchey vibes. So, like, when I started hearing all this stuff and whatnot, I was kind of surprised by it. Yeah, I – um. so, I mean, you also got to remember, like, I didn't meet him on the wrestling uh, end of things. I met him as right. an individual. And right, personally. And the, the clicks that we ran in, very, very different. So, what I picked mm-hmm. up as a douchey vibe also could have just been a, well, I don't know who you are, so fuck off type thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it okay. it it could have been that more than a you know I think I'm better than you type thing, but okay. that was the few interactions I actually had. And like we weren't friends or anything like that. I just know him. Uh, okay. He he ran in not my circle, but circles close. Um, Ain't that some shit? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. small it, world out there. Yeah. Right. There. But I I I hate his gimmick. But I will give him this. He is a phenomenal wrestler. Yep. Like him in the ring, I do like watching him in the ring. I hate the fucking flip-flop thing, um, but I, I do enjoy watching him wrestle. Yeah. No, he's, he's multi-talented, man. I mean, the dude literally, you know, he was pretty, um, pretty good when he was even back in UFC and whatnot, you know, like as a legit MMA competitor, and then he crossed over into wrestling and has done pretty well for himself. He can keep smoking the weed. <laughs> yes, he does. Hey, and, uh, Oh, before 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 we get too much further, um, we 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 kind of jumped right into this because we're all familiar with each other. But uh, our listeners know me and Sean, but don't know you guys or even why we're talking wrestling or anything like that. So introducing guys- in this corner, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, uh, how about uh, Ty? Do you want to go ahead? Uh, uh, just give a quick uh, background as to who you are and uh, what you do and and whatnot. Absolutely. So my name is Todd Smith. I am 41 years old. I live out here in Denver, Colorado now. Uh, formerly known at one point in time in my life as the hired gun. And (laughs) it took me a second to really click and figure out who Sean was because I did not know it was Sean who still has my damn coat in his house to this day, right? You still have that duster, the hired gun duster, don't you? Probably. Probably somewhere. Yeah, that that dude's had my coat from when I was a hired gun probably for about the past decade or so. But anywho, (laughs) um, originally from California, you know, lived out in Nevada. That's how I met Tim. That's yep. how I met Dale. That's how I met Sean. You know, Dale and I became uh, good friends, best friends, you know, wrestled together, trained together. Um, then I decided I was going to skip, you know, the coast and move out there to Connecticut and uh, work for ESPN. So I was with ESPN for almost seven years. 
definitely had some good memories out there and some memories that were not discussed. So we're just going to move on and say, hey, it was good. I had that opportunity. I'm glad <laughs> I did. But I wound up landing out here in um, Colorado. I'm now working for NBC Universal. So if you watch the nightly news tonight or if you will watch Sunday Night Football tomorrow, your boy had something to do with it. Nice, nice. Dale, what about you? All right. Uh, Dale Clifford, uh, 36. Um, pretty much the Reno area is where I've called home for basically from birth till now. Um, and I can, I've watched wrestling. Basically wrestling is like, uh, my life sports and wrestling and my wife basically is pretty much <laughs> how it goes. Is there anything? Uh, order. Order. I think order. Order. Wife, wife is, uh, wife is number one. <laughs> has established that fact that behind him and you can't see this at home uh yeah, his right. entire picture is filled with wrestling memorabilia yeah i really wish we were doing video because dude the amount of memorabilia you got back there i i am literally so jealous it's right impressive now. i'm, I'm, I'm yeah. plotting like a, a an ocean's 11 theft of all of that stuff right now <laughs> there's, there's a section on the stairs of my house that is all the autographs on, on the wall so if yeah. if i remember correctly the first, uh, first time that I met you, um, Todd, I think you brought me to his house and your house was covered with action figures. You had, you had a big ring with a whole bunch of guys all set up, right? No. No, you're no, mistaking no. Tim or um, Tim, you're mistaking Dell for, uh, for Jay Bids. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. that's right. Because Biggs had, mm -hmm. yes, that's right. That's right. Okay. No, no, all of this has started... When, um, I have only had, had this basically within the last like four years. Oh boy. Is, a lot of this is uh, mystery boxes and Funko. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, fiend stuff back there. I, I like oh, a lot of yeah, Bray, Bray White stuff. Bray White's got, well, he's my uh, birthday brother. So we, we were born on the same day. So I kind of feel like there's a connection just in you the native lucky birth. son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> not same year. He's, it was like, not same year. That would have been even cooler. He's like, that would have been, yeah. I Dude, I'm, I'm a fire. I think I'm a little old. I think I'm, I've got him beat by a couple of years, but I, yeah, exact same day. I used to be a juggalo. Now I'm a firefly, son. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's, hey, I, I heard the frog died. Yes. Oh, true. Oh no! You got to tell me this story because I missed the frog's death, and that was that makes it me was sad. the debut of the frog, and he got beat to a pulp by Alexa Bliss. The uh, friendship frog. What? Yeah, the friendship frog. Yes. <laughs> well, if, so I, mean, I, think, I enjoy the gimmick. I do the whole. So I, think the uh, yeah, I think the yeah. I think the friendship frog is going to be like Ramblin' Rabbit, where or Kenny from South Park, if you know yep. that reference, where they just will have bouts where they just decide to whack that creature in that episode. Yeah. Oh, easily so. Easily so. Yeah, I, Todd, I know you don't watch a lot of uh, WWE right now, but if anything, you should, and I know you're not, for, you're not big on gimmicks. If I remember, you've never been really big on gimmicks, but um, you just have to watch the, the Firefly Funhouse and watch the stuff that Wyatt and Bliss do because they are, Reigns is getting there, but right now, The Fiend and that storyline is the best thing in WWE at the moment. You know, let me go ahead and say this, because I actually was a fan of this guy since he was Husky Harris, okay? Yes, okay? When he first came in, I saw how big that kid was and how quickly he could get around that ring. I just said, this guy is going to be a star, but you only kind of got a glimpse of what he could do on the mic. I just was mind blown, like, when he came out there as Bray White and did some of the promos and some of the yes. mic work he did. I actually kind of dug Bray Wyatt. And I love the Wyatt family because I'm a big fan of um, 
He's now known as Brody Lee over there in yes. AEW, Luke Harper. Yep. I had watched him back when he was in ROH and another guy, Rowan, as well. He was pretty cool. He kind of almost reminded me of like a bigger version of uh, groundskeeper Willie from the uh, <laughs> from the Simpsons a bit. But um, getting to to the Fiend character, though, no, Dale and I, we go back and forth about this all the time because Dale is a huge fan of the, of the Fiend. I, don't, I just cannot get into the actual Fiend gimmick, but I love some of the stuff that they actually did when they started giving him the um, – the Firefly Funhouse segments, and I didn't even quite realize. So, what are they doing now? Are they are they having him paired up with Alyssa uh, Let's of Bliss? Are they an item? Is that what's going yeah. on? Well, okay. so it was connected to the uh, to Braun the from the Braun Strowman storyline, essentially, oh, because way okay. back in the Mixed Max Challenge when Braun was with Alexa, they had um, Team Little Big, so they kind of just wove the two together, and then gotcha. and now they've and now they've had it where Bray like basically um mind crafted uh alexa over to basically his side oh okay yeah all it's, right it's it's really neat and i like what they're doing with alexa specifically because uh her and nikki were great but they just kind of um i don't know they just got a little bit stale like they did a, they did a lot with them and then they just kind of dropped it which kind alexa of, needed a change she's been yeah. this type of alexa for basically ever it's just what side of the line did you want her to be on yeah uh to go back to your point a little bit earlier about bray wyatt when he was part of the wyatt family i actually agree with you like his <clears throat> the the storylines the way he talked when he got on the mic and him with the family I loved it. The thing I didn't like about it is the WWE did not know what to do with him. I know he <laughs> had a lot of uh, say in his character, but as far as who he was pitted against and what matches he would win, he didn't, and he does now. Like, I like the fact that if you, if you really look at it, The Fiend has never lost a match. He has had matches that he hasn't won, but he has not lost a match. He's never <laughs> been... He, he, got oh, pinned by, he got pinned by Goldberg. Yeah, but that doesn't count because that was a Saudi Arabia one, which means that they just say, hey, we want this person to win. We want them to win by pinfall, and it happens. There you go. See? So that doesn't really count. But he Money has not... talks and bullshit watts. Yep. That's, yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I can't, yep. I can't fault them for that. Um, but with Wyatt, they would build him up so big, and then he never, ever won. It, from now granted i i was not watching wrestling all the time during the time wyatt was uh wrestling with the family but it felt like when he did win it was only because of the family not because of him and then anytime he was out there by himself he always lost even when he had the upper hand the two the two biggest matches that he had obviously they've used it now in a functioning of building the persona that he is now WrestleMania 30 to John Cena and 31 to The Undertaker. He never should have lost those. But it, had he won them, we wouldn't have the Bray Wyatt Fiend character because he wouldn't have had to um, transcend or change himself into the type of character he is now based on because he wouldn't have failed. That's fair. That's very, very I've fair. got a confession to make, Tim, and Dale and Sean and everyone else who's listening. I actually went back and I watched that match I guess you can't even really classify as a match, but that interaction or the encounter that they had at this past WrestleMania, John Cena and, um, and Bray Wyatt, oh, and I absolutely gosh. loved it. Oh, really? I loved it. Oh, I loved it. Loved I it. hated yeah. it. I, I loved hated every Bye minute Bye of it. House. I, I was surprised I loved it, too, because, I mean, like I said, you could ask Dale. I shit on the whole Fiend gimmick all the time. You know, my whole thing is I tease Dale. I say he looks like a dime store version of Beetlejuice. 
You know, like if you gave a guy and said, hey, he has to go and come up with a Beetlejuice costume. He has a budget of about, say, 50 bucks and he could go to Savers and he has to come out looking like Beetlejuice. Yeah, that's what you would get with the Fiend. But anywho, I digress. I, I go back to that match and I was just like, dude, it worked on all your emotions. You know, it really did. Like I laughed throughout that segment. I dropped my I dropped my jaw a couple of times. I almost kind of got like a little emotional because I actually began to become a fan of Cena way later in his career, okay. you know, and then I also loved him as the doctor of Thugonomics too, okay. you know, so it's like the beginning, the prototype even was kind of a cool gimmick when he had like the kind of uh, Terminator like gimmick. I kind of dug that too when he was out in UPW. So it was like the beginning stuff that he had and the end stuff, everything in between for Cena I didn't really care for it, but the way that Bray was able to kind of like draw all of that out, man, I I loved it. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you that much. Like when I watched he made that, that match, segment. yeah, that 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 match. It, see, the problem is, I see the Fiend as this thing to be feared in the WWE, and when he first came out, those those matches against uh, um, Seth Rollins were phenomenal because Seth Rollins really sold the fear. Even that Hell in a Cell match. I, I went to Sacramento just to see the Hell in a Cell, which was the worst match I'd ever seen because they disqualified, um, what was it? They disqualified uh, Seth Rollins in a no DQ match. Like, how is uh-huh. that? Yeah. Um, but throughout that entire match, Seth Rollins seemed so afraid. And I, and I loved that. But then when you got to the John Cena one, yeah, John Cena was playing afraid for a large portion of it, but it was far too comical for the fiend. Now, if they used the Bray Wyatt character in that and was doing a little bit of that mind fuckery and everything like that, and maybe brought the fiend out at the end and brought fear into it. Okay. But the whole thing was the fiend and he's not supposed to be a funny character. I don't know. I took most of it as it was the Firefly Funhouse, which is Bray and the fiend didn't show up until the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's Cena yeah. did the sister Abigail and the and the mandible claw, and John Cena disappeared. The rest of it was all Bray Wyatt. I guess that's fair. I guess that's and fair. getting back to that Hell in a Cell match, real quick, Tim. I just man, I went in on that match on Facebook, and the way I compared it was the one with Seth and um and the Fiend in the Hell in a Cell. It reminded me of uh, Itchy and Scratchy. Yes, from the Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like one guy pulls out a hammer, the other guy pulls out a mallet. One guy pulls out a chair, the other guy brings out a whole entire row of bleachers. One guy brings out a ladder, the other guy brings out a bigger ladder until they're both dead and they're both covered in all the plunder or whatever, you know, and whatnot. I just said, this is dumb as hell. Dude. (laughs) He's coming off the the, uh, turnbuckle with a 747. I mean, hey, I wouldn't put it past them, man. I mean, those guys, like I said, it just remind me of like a cartoon. If you know, you, I couldn't buy it. My, my favorite thing about wrestling in general is everything steel. You know, it's a steel chair, the steel stairs, the steel turnbuckle, hitting him with a steel lollipop. Yeah. And that and that mindset is so old school. And I, I kind of agree with Sean on that because it's like me and this guy, especially pointing at Dell, we know very well that that chair is not still we know that those steps are yeah. not still and we know that the, the damn letter is not still it's mostly aluminum you know what i mean sorry for those of you who didn't watch all the kayfabe documentaries on pro wrestling but it's like you know you're almost kind of insulting people's intelligence and jr used to do this a lot when he was in wwe you don't really see it so much anymore in AEW. oh my goodness he's picking up those stairs those stairs must weigh about 200 pounds yes. my god you know it's just like come on man you know yeah and and uh and you know this because 
Well, once once upon a time, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, Dale and I, we we trained together um, out there in Reno. You know, we uh, started out together over there at um, at PWD, and we know how that story, you know, began and how it ended. That's where I kind of really got my shot um, as the hired gun, and for the hired gun gimmick that people saw in PWD, this is what a lot of people did not realize. That was actually Dustin's version of my hired gun character because the hired gun originally was a play on Forrest Whitaker's character from the movie Ghost Dog. I remember you saying that. That's right. Because I, when, when you told me about your character, you made me go watch that movie, and that movie was yep. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Sure was. Fantastic so movie. it was more of like a street gritty hitman for hire kind of gimmick. Uh-huh. But then he took that gimmick and spun it into like the old Western, you know, like bank robber, you know, like outlaw kind of character. So okay. we started out there with that. And I, I wasn't offended at the beginning with, but I took it and I did what I could to make it my own. At first I was kind of like, you know, almost like the cross between uh cowboy Troy and the undertaker, mm-hmm. you know, feel- and then it got more comical and stuff and whatnot. And Towards then, I just said, yeah, I said, okay, I'm not digging this anymore, you know, and then uh, there were several other issues, you know, that were going on kind of behind the scenes and whatnot, no need to get into all that, but Dale, actually, he, um, he made the jump first, and he headed over to, uh, to RWF, and this is what Adam and David Luster, the scum, um, Big Paul Isadora, Malachi, um, Corey Dayton, and uh, Chupacabra, El Chupacabra, and then we you know, started training with them and started working with them and whatnot and doing shows and stuff with them. And I was just amazed by how much stuff we were able to learn, you know, just from being over there with those guys for like a few months, it seemed. Yeah. You know, within a span of a few months, you know, I remember when I had that that final match of mine down there with, uh, with Chris, aka Frankly Gorgeous, down there in Sacramento. You know, people were just like, how much planning went into that match? And I said, you want me to be 100% honest with you? I said, very little at all, because the way things went down was we had a couple minutes in the ring prior to the show to work one spot. And that one spot was Chris had to catch my big ass off of a flying body press. Okay. Yes, (laughs) that actually happened. That was the main reason, you know, that that match, we had that time to prepare in the ring. And that was a whole different story to begin with, man. I mean, it was pretty cool. I still brag about this to this day. That day, I had the, the privilege. And when I say privilege, I mean this was an honor and a privilege to share the ring with two guys who are now, one's in New Japan for wrestling, and another one you see week to week on NXT. That would be Mr. Timothy Thatcher, who was training us and like kind of going over some different chaining drills and stuff like that. The other guy was J.R. Kratos. I got to lock up with that guy when he was first getting started in the business. Huh. You know, so some of the experiences I have with those guys going up and down the road with them, like to the Bay Area in Northern California with those guys from Real Wrestle Factory, are, they're memories. They're good memories, too. That's awesome. I, I remember when you uh, when you made the jump over to RWF and seeing the difference in like it, it felt like when when you were uh, wrestling in PWE, um, it it felt more storyline and more amateur compared to once you started working with the uh, RWF and the way the matches were like, I felt like I was actually at a show show rather than at a training facility when yeah, I saw you guys at the RWF. 
And the biggest thing was you got to look at the level, the difference of the levels of experience. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're talking about a guy who really, for all intents and purposes, had no business training anyone in the professional wrestling business who was trying to push an old school 80s, like kind of almost WWF kind of theme gimmicks and all that types of stuff, more geared towards sports entertainment compared to a bunch of guys who were really legitimate badasses too. Yeah. You know, yeah. because you ask anyone, you know, you don't want no smoke with those guys in real life. I mean, they are nice guys, but you did not want to get on their bad side. But those guys, they were legit professional wrestlers. I'm talking about guys who you see on Impact Wrestling yep. nowadays, you know, guys who you've seen in ROH, you know, guys who have, you know, had tryouts with the WWE and whatnot. You know, those guys are legit, man. And I mean, like up and down the coast, you know, like out there, um, the, the NorCal scene. The Northern Nevada scene, they're known all the way out there in the East Coast and out there in the Midwest. I think Adam even lived out here in Denver for a while, I believe. So they're universally respected for their craft and actually knew what they were doing. Yep, yep. And um, I had the honor of, I believe it was David Luster, was uh, yeah, in Luster my movie Legend. Shot of Faith. Yeah, so Dave, Dave did. He had a, um, a guest spot in the movie, which he, was he the one that wore the coat? Is that how yep. Sean got the coat? Okay. I, I think- I think so because he wore the coat. He played uh, one of the gang members uh, um, who was trying to uh, kill the quote squaw in the in the movie. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I heard from Dave. Bunch I'm gonna have there. to. I'm gonna have to buy you a coat. That's what this comes <laughs> down to. to yeah, Sean. See, this was all planned, man. We were all gonna come at you with this whole, you know, like yeah, it's a scheme, man. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> I understand. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get that. Sean, coach you know what? Yourself. You know what? I've actually realized just because of this. Whenever anybody who knows you leaves Reno, they leave a part of them with you. Cause, oh, cause... <laughs> I'm sure it's not tied to some sort of voodoo magic or anything. <laughs> we uh, a couple podcasts ago, we were talking about uh, this movie Trick or Treat, and uh, it turns out that I, when I left Reno, I left a bunch of my posters, a bunch of my movie posters with Sean as well. Okay, that's a yep. horror film, obviously, Tim. But I mean, is that an older horror film? Um, I think it's like 2011. Who was in it? Who was the main star, or main actress, or whatnot? There wasn't. It, it's an anthology piece. It's an anthology. Yeah, it's uh, it's done yeah. by Michael Doherty. Um, used to be uh, uh, really close with Brian Singer. That was ha- actually how the movie got made. Uh, it's four Halloween stories. And it follows them through these different things, but they're all connected by this one character, Sam, which is uh, a little, a a tiny kid in basically a onesie with a pumpkin head. Interesting. Yeah, it's really good. You haven't seen it, dude. You need to watch it. Yeah, I'll add that to my list. And when I say that, I mean it. I actually do have a list of all these movies and uh, music and TV shows that people recommend to me all the time. And it's not like we have a whole lot of places to go or a whole lot of things to do right now. Right. There's this thing called COVID. You know, that's, that's what I we think do. you've heard we of it, right? So I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I just got done at the club about an hour ago. Yeah. I oh. bet you was jumping all, all like five people that are allowed in. <laughs> <laughs> me, me, the bouncer, the bartender, the person behind the DJ booth, and the guy parking my car. Those are the five yep. people in there. Yep. So I'm, I'm getting pulled towards AEW. Uh, so this Brandon Cutler guy, right? Okay. Brandon Cutler does a live uh, streaming. He streams himself on Twitch playing video games. Oh. And he does a D&D campaign with like six other wrestlers. 
Yeah, he's a Dale. You might know a little bit more I'm about that than well, I do. As I, I know he's big into the D and D. like, but Cutler is the is one of the main guys that does AW Dark, the YouTube. Um, he's like, we don't really see him too much on Dynamite. Is like, so uh, Todd won't know anything about that because he doesn't turn on YouTube. It's not that hard to watch. A freaking AW Dark. <laughs> Hey, there, there's only one reason to turn on YouTube, and that's for our podcast, and our podcast is not there yet. So, <laughs> hey, dark, dark is good, man. I mean, hey, to be to be real with you, no, it's it's a show I've seen, you know, very little of, but they have a lot of good up and coming talent that's going to be featured on AEW Dynamite. Like this one brother who uh, Dale and I had that Will Hobbs, baby. Will Will Powerhouse Hobbs, man. We had the opportunity to kind of come up with that guy on the scene, you know, on the NorCal scene and Northern Nevada scene right around the same time. And it is just amazing seeing the evolution of that kid. I say kid, I mean, he's a grown ass man at this point with, you know, with a family and everything. But like, I remember when I first met Will, it was out there at AEW. He was such a, you know, like a quiet, shy, you know, scrawny little guy. Now I see this guy on TV, man, every week out there with Cody. Out there, you know, like with um, with Taz and out there with, um, what's his name, Ricky Starks and Brian Cage and all these guys, man. He, he's like, I just saw Taz pop up the other day in an article. And I was like, holy crap, that dude's still around. Yeah. I remember him from Is WWE he, or F. He has a big today. evil uh, corporation or something like that in AEW now, right? Team Taz. He's, he's like again? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. The FTW uh, faction still as well, around. which you is kind of confusing if you want to go that route because there's also FTR, which is the former revival from uh, WWE yep. going by FTR. So when you have a group called FTW and FTR, you're going to have a lot of people confused. So then it just gets relegated to Team Taz, which I just doesn't, I don't think works either. I don't really. Like no, I don't either. But uh, I, I will say this, uh, the revival, I love them in the WWE. I love them even more in AD, AEW. I, mean, guys, I don't I don't watch a lot of AEW because it's too the, the storylines aren't quite there and I'm I'm very big into storylines, but the wrestling is fucking on point with AEW. That's what they're gonna oh, give you is the Yeah, wrestling. without question, bro. Without question. I mean, that's what you're going to get. You're not gonna get much in terms of storylines with AEW. You're gonna get a tag team like FTR that for all intents and purposes is really probably the second best, I would say, tag team in all of professional wrestling right now, because I still say the Young Bucks. I love the Young Bucks. I know there's people like Jim Cornette uh, who shit all over them because of all the flips and all the spots and whatnot. Profits, I had the opportunity baby. to meet those guys, and they're both awesome guys, and they gave me and Dale, you know, the time of day and allow for us to have an um, a ongoing running, um, what do you call it, like, kind of almost like an endorsement that we had to the front of our show for a while. Show. Those guys were really cool. Oh, see, that's really cool. That's really yeah, they cool. gave us a bumper and, and open the show. So. I've, I've that's actually, a bumper. Thank you. Yeah, I've, I've heard that those guys are really, really cool in person. And yeah. I love watching them wrestle. But, but, Street Profits, 100% all the way, baby. I like to, I like the Street Profits. It's like, I well, mainly I'll say uh, Montez Ford, and I want to know how long WWE is going to be able to keep him with the Angelo Dawkins because Montez Ford, I think, is the guy where you – because obviously Kofi was the first African-American to win the WWE Championship, but I believe Montez Ford has more than what Kofi Kingston brings to the, brought to the table at that time. Montez Ford. A dude. Yeah. Who's, he's no. A freaking man. Yes. Like, he, he's got it all. I was like, Montez Ford is just an absolute uh, phenomenal talent. I, I agree 100%. The, the only problem is that right now, him, him, him on the mic, he's great on the mic. 
but his mic talents at this moment are so tied to Dawkins because it's a oh, back right. and forth. Right. There isn't there isn't a lot of just him talking to anybody. I think they need to experiment with that, and the profits are too big. Oh, it's right. just they, like they, with the New Day, they gave it to Kofi. Um, cool. I thought Kofi was a great great champion, and I think it was an absolute travesty the way they made him lose it. But Kofi is better with his team, even though he's a great wrestler, but him as a personality is better with his team, which is also why I, I think it was a big mistake for them to break Big E, break B, Big e off, because Big E is not interesting on his own. The guy's a fucking powerhouse and could be a champion, but he needs to be with his brothers, or they need to do something with him because he's not interesting on his well, own. He's, on, he's, on, he's me, on SmackDown, and right now everybody on SmackDown's lost, but Roman Reigns. Yeah, yeah. Well, they took all the good things about SmackDown and put it on Raw. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, pretty much. At, uh, at my yeah. work, Although, we uh, we're a Sinclair station, so uh, we have a Fox and an NBC, and I watch SmackDown when I can catch it, and watch ROH, which Sinclair owns. Uh, I, oh, yeah. And, I just think uh, it's so funny to uh, do uh, real quick. I just think it's so funny when you're watching SmackDown to see a commercial for Ring of Honor is hilarious. I know it's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Uh, but no, my, my so, favorite thing uh, when I do get to catch it is the the shenanigans that New Day does, like the the cartooniness, the like outfits, everything about New Day. I just I I don't know what it is. I love them. No, two things. Great. Two things, real quick here, because Tim, you did make make us aware that everything that we say here on this podcast is definitely going out to the masses. Yep, one hundred percent. It's completely unedited. So I'm about to. I'm going to say this right here, right now. All right. 1128. Montez Ford has a better fraud splash than Rob Van Dam. Oh, okay. 100%. There are some people who are going to say, Todd, (laughs) shut the hell up. You know, this is blasphemy. I watched Rob Van Dam throughout his whole entire career. And some of the things that that guy could do with that fraud splash was amazing. If you ever heard of a guy named Hiroshi Tanahashi over in, uh, in New Japan, just imagine Rob Van Dam if he was Japanese. That guy could do all the same shit. But this guy, Montez Ford, he's the brother version, okay? <laughs> he is Rob Van Dam if he was a brother. I mean, he gets more height, and the way yep. he could turn his body in midair and all that crazy stuff he could do, that guy's an amazing talent. And then, Sean, I work with your former manager out here at, uh, in Denver. You know a guy by the name of Brian Crawman? Yes, I do. Yep, that's my coworker, and he's I a good guy, it. man. <laughs> <laughs> so he yeah. ended up out there, huh? He sure did. Yep, we see Jay. Oh. I was just talking to him earlier, actually. Yeah, let him let him know that you talked to me, because uh, him him and I share love of facial hair and metal. Right on. I'll Wait, share the link fa- with him once and you guys metal? Have the link to us. Oh, like yeah, no, metal? just like total heavy metal. Okay, when you metal. said metal, I was thinking like piercings and stuff, and I'm like, oh, there's more <laughs> to this story than what you're saying because. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, we're not gonna discuss that on the podcast. I can take you into the other room and show you, but oh, Jesus Christ! Well, remember, this is not a video podcast, so nobody would know exactly what's being shown anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, oh, and and to kind of spend upon what you guys were saying about the new day, I personally have never been a fan of the actual gimmick. But I like all three of those guys. Each one of them brings something very unique to the table. You have a guy like Xavier Woods who in real life, and this is no work, he is a PhD. One yes. of the most intelligent guys in the professional wrestling business. Oh, you know, he's from- a, he joined G4 just recently. Yep. 
Yeah, he sure he's, did. Yeah, he's got a YouTube That's show up, up, uh, down, down, where uh, wrestlers come and they play video games on Twitch and everything. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. They've actually got an up, up, down, down belt. I almost bought that, but I bought the Fiend belt instead. He was allowed to keep his channel. <laughs> oh, <laughs> too soon. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad <laughs> she's gone though. Um, so I, I watch wrestling with my friend Megan all the time. Like she's the one who got me back because for a long period of time I stopped watching wrestling and then. Uh, on Facebook at one point, uh, she'd gotten tickets to Survivor Series. I think it was a year or two years ago, two years ago. And um, uh, her spouse decided that they did not want to go. And she put on Facebook, she's like, anybody want to go watch wrestling with me? Not expecting anything. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm go- I want to go. So we have like, we-, we went from friends to like best friends because we bonded over uh, wrestling. Oh my God, you're besties. Yes. And uh, <laughs> So People she, becoming best friends over wrestling. Who would have ever thunk it, right, Dale? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, every time she's seen Selena Vega, she com- comes out. She's like, I can't stand that fucking chihuahua. She's like, yep, 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 yep. So when, when I sent her when I sent her the story about Selena Vega being uh, popped from the uh, WWE, she sent back all these, like, claps and birthday cakes and everything. <laughs> My my biggest thing with that is because the moment that I saw that news come down, I just kept on saying to myself, I don't know in the grand scheme of things how big of a loss Zelina Vega is to the WWE. I know they had her kind of paired up with, um, I want to say it was Angel Garza for a little bit, right? Well, well, they, they kind of spun and her. And and kind of, yeah, they kind of spun her off. And I, I thought they were going to give her a push because she started actually wrestling like she went up against Asuka and she went up against Bailey. And she actually, I don't think she wanted Bailey. I think it was just Asuka and then a couple of the other women who were really big at that time. So I mm-hmm. thought they were going to give her a push. Yeah. My whole thing with, when I read that news, I just kept on sending myself. There's this guy by the name of Thomas Budgeon. You might know him by the name of Alistair Black, yep. who is her husband. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now that this has happened, he's probably not too far behind from walking out that door because it seemed like with him, they brought him up to the main roster way too quick. He was very effective on NXT and he had probably one of the coolest interests I've seen in pro wrestling since the yeah. undertaker, really. They killed and his then entrance they dumbed that down. If I remembered, I think they almost took it away from him completely. It seemed like well, they, they gave him a big push. Then they took the push away. So I was just like, it seems like they don't really know what to do with this guy. I got to see some of his work from um, pro wrestling gorilla. When he was Tommy In, because that was his name. When okay. he was in the, on the indie scene, they call him Tommy In, and then he became Alistair Black. But I was just like, I would love to see him get that opportunity to possibly move on and wind up wherever she's going to wind up at at some point. Because I can only figure, you know, they probably have it to where they have some sort of a non-compete clause, and then they can maybe pop up either, you know, an AEW or ROH or something like that. Because that guy's a phenomenal talent, man. Yeah, she's. I know she's got. Uh, I think the article I read said that she's got a three-month non-compete. So that's that's why. Yeah, three months. months. But mm-hmm. Alistair, um, and they, they uh, according to Dave Metzger, he says that this is not because of this, but apparently he's been asking to go back to NXT and it's been denied. Yeah, totally true. destroyed his gimmick. Because they got rid of the Aleister Black thing, had him come out in like a suit and tie with a little patch thing because the Messiah popped out his eye um, and had him what fight with hell? Owens for a little bit. But they they kind of, until this last uh, episode of SmackDown, Owens has been pretty much a jobber. So I don't, I don't know what's going on. Did you watch it at NXT well, this past week? Owens was an announcer. Oh, was he? Yeah. I, I don't watch NXT. NXT reminds me of AEW. It's too much wrestling not enough storyline although 
I do love uh, what's his name, uh, Daddy. Daddy. Uh, yeah, he's like Daddy's home. Oh, Tommaso Ciampa. Oh, yes, Ciampa. I love badass. Yes, he I is a badass. Him. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the fourth guy from the uh, the Firefly family from uh, from Devil's Rejects. That's who he could have yes. been. Yeah. He- he so looks like it. He so looks like it. Totally. Well, a lot of the uh, the issues that WWE has run into with uh, um, some of the more recent call ups, and their and their characters kind of fluttering out is because they lost rights to their music. I think why Al- Alistair had to change is because they couldn't use his music anymore. Yeah, but why change so, the character? I think you can just change the music. That's WWE. It's like if you got to like. Well, well, let's see. It's like. Keith Lee got the music changed. It is like, and then they decided every week, let's run out him, him in a new a gear attire every week until we figured out one that didn't get complained about. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we showed up with like, Madea at first there. Dude, Keith Lee? Oh, my yeah. God. If he does not have a championship a belt around his waist in the next year, I'm going to be so pissed. Like, I know in, uh, in NXT, they gave him pretty much nothing until they decided to get rid of the uh, uh, – what's his face? The – the group that had or the undisputed era when they decided to uh, finally take it off of them. But well, he, he, the, the thing that I didn't like about Keith when getting the title was he literally was transitional because Kerry and cross was going to be the champion. They just didn't want cross to beat Cole. So they needed a face. Oh, I didn't know and that. Then, so mm-hmm. it just, it's just the, the, the give and take of professional wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so it's like, you're not going to have a fate as like a heel beat a heel. So in essence, it's like, well, we'll have Keith Lee end Adam Cole's run because that will just garner his status as like, but he in, in essence was just transitional because he immediately I, lost. I thought didn't didn't Lee vacate the title? He didn't lose the title. No, he vacated the North American Championship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, but he actually lost the total the the NXT Championship. Yes. Yeah, he lost the NXT championship okay. to Karrion Cross, mm-hmm. who then had to give it up the following Wednesday because he had to have, he separated his shoulder so bad that he had had surgery. That's why he was gone. The title's yeah. cursed, man. It's cursed. Well, I'm telling you. Adam Cole had it for so long, and it wasn't cursed for him. He's the only, he's the only successful carrier of that title. Yeah. You know, what I, you know what's like, going to end up happening? I, this is how I see the future going. Um, because Triple H runs NXT, Adam Cole is going to marry his and Stephanie's daughter. And then he, no, he's he's locked. He's locked into Britt Baker. No, nope, nope. yeah. Britt Baker's gonna. That's not happening to him. <laughs> Britt Baker's gonna disappear, and then he's gonna end up because he's gonna marry into the family. That's what happens with with long haired. Not gonna have to drug her. No way. Long haired kid champions. I don't know how they got that on TV. I don't know how the hell because that's the one thing I distinctly remember before I like took off a big leave. Uh, from WWE was him drugging her in a drive-through and with oh Vegas gosh marriage. yeah that was when she was supposed to marry uh what's his name uh Tess Triple H yeah. It's, oh yeah yeah she oh was supposed God, to marry Tess yes mm-hmm. this is going way back yeah dude wrestling <laughs> I mean it's it's good now but like back in the Attitude Era I loved all that shit that was going on like. I can tell you all the fandoms wrestling has one of the deepest lures. There's yep. so much going on. Speaking of um, wrestling weddings on what and current stuff, that was a rumor. I don't, doesn't look like it's going that direction because Seth's off TV now because uh, um, to go be with uh, Becky. Yeah, she's, but, she's um, due this month. Uh, in, yeah, or into December. Yeah. yeah. But one of the rumors that I had heard was that there was supposed to possibly be a wrestling wedding with yes, Buddy Murphy and Aaliyah and it was going to get ruined by Seth because 
or because Seth, it, this was a whole setup by Seth to get further into the Mysterio family. But I don't know if they're going to go. Oh that my route god! I hope later. not. Oh no. There's there's some there. Yeah, I, I get really pissed off when they drop storylines, but this storyline they need to drop. Just yeah. like the fucking Randy Orton and Edge one that needs to drop. But apparently, oh, it's coming back as soon as he's healthy. Yep. Sure w, for the for uh, WrestleMania, it's supposed to be Orton versus Edge. There, well, another rumor though that they were floating was Fiend and Alexa versus Edge and Beth. Mm. God, I hope not. This this is being talked about, but I don't know how we would get there. But the reason why it's being talked about is because because WWE wants Alexa and Bray to work WrestleMania, and they but they would need the counter. And right now WWE doesn't have a counter. Well, that's because they dropped the ball on their women wrestlers. You went from mm-hmm. the Rousey and uh, Becky era where. I was legitimately excited to see the women wrestle. And um, then when Becky left, it was like there was nobody really interesting to watch except for Alexa and um, uh, uh, Nikki. But then Bailey and Sasha were kind of interesting, but they had nobody really to face. I just watch it for uh, Naomi's outfits, really. God, I hate (laughs) Naomi. The one, I I think, the one male-female that could work would be cross and scarlet thank you dale but but they're not gonna have enough main a level appeal mm-hmm. because he got hurt yeah but that's the one that would work and that is a damn shame because dale and i had the opportunity to interview this guy about maybe three years ago he hit it too. and <laughs> i remember when i first saw this dude i just kept on saying to myself i said holy shit i said they found a way to clone randy orton because <laughs> this guy is probably about like six three, six four. I'm guessing probably around about like two fifty. And it wasn't just the look; it was also his voice because he's got a deep, boom, like booming voice, almost like mine. And this guy, when they say the total package, he could do martial, mixed martial arts. He's fantastic in the ring. He's got great promo work, and I think all that stuff that you watch, like those videos that he puts up there on YouTube and all that stuff. It's edited and done by him, so he's damn near a, a film producer. Interesting, okay. That's unheard of, to have that kind of talent wrote into a professional wrestler. And I mean, like, you know, when we talk to this guy, like, I'm thinking, you know, like, he enjoys, you know, like, hanging out with his pet pit bull, you know, and goes to metal <laughs> shows and whatnot. The dude loves going to Broadway shows. Okay. All right? My man has fine, like, a, little, gentlemen. A, a little pup who looks like Dale's uh, little pup, uh, Boo Boo, you know, and whatnot. So, like, he's such an interesting person. And I remember when I told that dude, I said, man, I said, you're going to be you're going to be a huge star in WWE someday. I said, you remind me of Orton. I said, I think you're going to be the um, what would it be? The successor to okay. him. Kind of yeah. once they finally decide to let go. Orton, I said, this is going to be your your time to shine. And I was just shot that they pulled the trigger on him as quickly as they did in NXT and then boom. You know, the injury happened. But, no, I totally agree with Dale. That pairing there, they're going to be something else once they do finally bring him up to the main roster, once he gets healthy. I think I might have to watch a little bit of NXT just to Oh, you have to, Tim. It's so good, man. Dude, I already dedicate, like, six hours of my life to wrestling a week. (laughs) You watch more wrestling than I do now. uh, Yes. And the funny thing is, I think when we first met, you you were the one who got me back into wrestling because I would definitely was not into wrestling when I first came to Reno. Yeah, I watched six hours. Did you say six hours a week? Yeah, about because SmackDown's about two and a half, and Raw. I think Raw is three, right? 
like you're not you're obviously not watching impact wrestling or mlw or uh where else can i go oh oh wait so are we, are we those are rookie are numbers picks right now is that what we're doing <laughs> i gotta get those numbers up <laughs> but essentially i i guess it's like the only reason i could do all that is because i work from home it's, like it's easy it just pops on that's fair head. i i do too but i i end up spending my time watching things like um right now i'm in the middle of season three of van helsing um watched hobo with a shotgun twice this week watched all, watched all the special features um you know i'm i'm spending time on uh, things like that plus um you know i i just bought a house so i'm moving and so you know i'm, I'm on, spending Jay. my time doing other things now <laughs> right on yeah i finally finished sons of anarchy so that was a big thing while during my stay at home oh nice good show good yeah, show so, yeah. eli roth's history of horror if you haven't checked that one out yet definitely gotta go back and watch that man he starts at the very you know beginning from eli roth and goes all the way through category by category Ooh, and no it's shit. two seasons and it's, it's a great what watch. i love that man, he's a fanboy, and you can tell from all his early work that he just loves the craft. So and he loves his own work as well, too. Wow. Well, that's 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 <laughs> fine. I mean, if you don't love your own work, then you're an artist, and Eli is not an artist. From what yeah. I heard, he's actually a colossal douche. <laughs> yeah, that's actually what I've heard too. Although he is, I I I, I say he's not an artist. Uh, I I don't actually mean that because I do love his work. But I have heard that because I do have a friend who's working on a few of his uh, projects and not easy to get along with. Yeah, Cabin Fever is pretty cool. I, that was my intro to him. I really enjoy Cabin Fever. Mm-hmm. I, say, I say it every single time we have a conversation, Tim, and that is that there is a Venn diagram overlap of what it takes to get shit done and being a complete asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well said, Sean. 100%. We need, we need to have that Venn diagram as like our logo. <laughs> we'll make a t-shirt and put it out on the shop so tim you're still in la right yeah yeah, yeah. i'm uh, i'm in la right now i'm in pasadena um okay. i'm going to be in van nuys um nice. right, out, right on the edge of van nuys and lake balboa awesome man happy yes. for you good for you yeah thank you thank you man uh you know when uh when you come out to la you got a place man hey and, and likewise i just got a house for myself out here in the denver area so Oh, I got a nice. room for you too, buddy. So yeah. come through, man. I've been meaning to check out Denver. I I, I think uh, about a year ago, I told you my sister was planning on moving out in that direction. Uh, she's not anymore, but um, I really, really was excited about coming out there because I've heard great things about Denver. Yeah. I have to make a trip out there at some point because in that area, Tommy Chong has a dispensary shop. <gasps> yeah, I haven't been there yet neither. So if he does, I haven't hit it up. I'm not sure what the name of it is. I'll have to look. Well, Sean, when you come out here, and Todd, when you come out here as well, eventually, um, I ha- will have to take you guys to the Tyson Ranch. Absolutely. Yes, As a matter yes. of fact, he's he's probably already knocked Roy Jones Jr. out by now, I'm assuming. Huh? Anybody was, see the results of that fight? Was that today? That's tonight. That's going on like now. Dude, I literally... Uh, uh, I'm the way back. I don't know if I'm able to talk about this yet. Uh, well, I won't, I, won't, I won't mention too much so I don't get in trouble. Uh, but I did an interview with Tyson two weeks ago. No way. Yes. He That's is awesome. fucking awesome, dude. I can't tell you what the project is or anything else like that. I am under an NDA, but he was amazing, dude. Amazing. I've seen the way that man handles pigeons. I know that man has a soul. I see you. Soul. He does. Tim was rocking the headphones. You're not wearing those because a piece of your ear got bit off, though, are you? <laughs> You'll never know. <laughs> I heard he had a cake, and he cut the cake, and he cut the ear off. 
Yes. Yes. And the that, nose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the nose. Boy Jones. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. Talk about psychological warfare, man. Mm-hmm. That guy is just the king of psychological warfare. Cause like you hear him talk and he sounds like he sounds like the type of guy that you're like, ah, fuck this guy, whatever. And you look at him as like, oh shit, this guy, he's a fucking pit bull. Like you get yeah. on his wrong side and Oh, he's old and he still moves like lightning. Yeah, yeah. dude. Well, I was, I was just watching Hangover the other day. Ooh. And obviously, he's, he's in there. It's like, but not in the greatest of shape because it's just Mike. But you look at where he is now, where he was in, like, just compare him to Hangover. And you're like, he got himself back in tremendous shape. Oh, you, like, you see an in-shape Mike Tyson, it's like, no, no, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, and he's <laughs> the dedication to that guy. Like, I, I listen to the, the Joe Rogan podcast. He's actually part of the inspiration as to um, why I've pushed uh, for us to do this. And um, they did a podcast, I want to say about like six months ago before, six or seven months ago before the Roy Jones uh, Jr. thing came up. And um, Joe was like, dude, you know, you, you look like you're enjoying life and everything like that. Like he put on a little bit of weight and everything like that. And then uh, I want to say maybe about four weeks ago, he had him on again, like after he had just started training. He's like, you look like a completely different person. Like you are yeah. jacked. And he was just going over what he does in his regiment and everything. And that guy, when he puts his mind to something, there's there's no stopping him. I'm just curious how how in the hell, man, after about 30 years of that video game being out, that Mike Tyson had no clue that the character of Balrog slash M. Bison, you know, over in Japan was based around him. How did no one ever tip him off on that? Because he should have been collecting <laughs> royalties on that the whole entire time. He should. He should. Oh, shit. Yeah, Jim Bison. How did he not know? I didn't know. I yeah. and this was just a well, like, within like the last two years. I think someone did an interview with him. I can't remember. It might have even been ESPN. And he was like, "I've never seen this guy before. I've never seen him." <laughs> I was just like, "That's money, my man, you lost out on." You know yeah. what I mean? See that that's the thing is because uh, Vega is like a Spanish word, so the Spanish guy with the claws, it was a Spanish name. They switched that over to M Bison. Yep. Because it was in bison, bison, Mike Tyson, Mike Bison, and then they brought him over to the States and they're just like, oh, we got to switch this up. Yeah, yep. so in bison. Um, so in Japan, part- they're all different names. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. There's actually, um, you know what, now that, now that you just brought all that up, because I forgot that the names were, were switched over in uh, Japan. Yeah, uh, everybody except for Sudan. Yeah, there's a, um, a, a Netflix show about video games. I think it's called Game Over or something like that where they go through it's kind of like the toys that made us um it's awesome i've seen it i can't remember the name of it but it's awesome yeah and they they actually have one on fighting games and they mention that in there they don't mention that it's based on mike tyson but that makes 100 percent sense but they talk about how they switched it over and everything yeah that's, mm-hmm. that's, yeah so have you ever heard of lady beard i have heard of lady beard um i follow this guy on twitter and uh he, he wrestles ddt pro and union pro over in like japan but he lives over what chinese japan area and uh he went over there to be a martial artist but he's a he's he's a guy with a beard big guy wrestles but he wears kawaii japanese women's outfits no way like pop music he does yeah look him up lady beard okay wild yeah ddt is like the hood slam of um of japan kenny kenny omega he's done some uh some stuff over there with those guys yeah, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, high Score, that's the name of that documentary, High Score. Oh, High Score, that's right. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Lady Beard. I was actually introduced to Lady Beard because I am doing a, uh, or I wrote a movie uh, with a friend of mine, Theo, Theo Crane. He's from the, the Walking Dead. And the movie is like this grindhouse movie. And there's a character in there that I wrote specifically for Lady Beard because oh, nice. um, he knows Lady Beard. And, and we're trying to get Lady Beard to actually sign on to the movie so that we can get some funding and everything behind it. But it's like this actually hobo with a shotgun type movie um, nice. about a character played by Theo. And uh, one of the bad guys would be Lady Beard. Cool. Very yeah. cool. I'm glad to see you still at that, Tim. You never um, decide to kind of drift too far from it. Cause I know, yeah, I mean, this, this dude, he's been per- perfecting his craft for about probably the better part of a decade or so now at this point. Right. I mean, Oh God. Yeah. 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 I've actually it's like Sisyphus. You got to roll that rock up that hill forever. I've, I've, uh, I've actually done uh, quite a few things the last like three years or so. I haven't done too much, uh, a lot of life stuff and whatnot, but you know, I've been staying busy in the industry, which, they say that the uh, way to be successful in this industry is not to leave. Yep, <laughs> so, so when you get to the point where you're living in your car, that means you've made it. So stick around <laughs> a little longer. <laughs> uh, but you I'm mean at, to tell I'm, me you never waited tables out there in Hollywood? Because that's I, another uh, path, right? I never did. I'm not an actor, though. Actors are yeah, the ones who true. usually wait tables. Um, mm-hmm. But I did, I did live in my car for six months. Um, I have wow. been homeless out here. Um, I have couch surfed for a better part of a year out here. Um, my car was my home for yeah, six months. Um, yeah, so I've, I've done, I've done all those things. I've, I've begged family for money. I've lived with family. Uh, I've hit my highs, I've hit my lows and I finally got to the point. I, I think, uh, this is, uh, my 11th year out here, which means I'm officially a, a Los Angelinian. Yes, and sir. Uh, it means that I can actually start making a living. <laughs> hey, it's all part of the journey, brother. There's nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, hell, you know, this is well before I met Dale and before I really started taking the pro wrestling thing serious. You know, this is something I only shared with a few people. I was sleeping on people's floors. I can afford no damn hotel or motel or nothing. You know, yeah. I was eating food out of gas stations, you oh. know, from a gas, a gas card that my grandfather had given me. You know, I mean, I was having to drive to and from from like uh, from Reno to the school out there in uh, California mm-hmm. that I was, um, you know, working with and doing shows for and whatnot. No, man, it's all part of the journey. Yeah. And, you know, um, as, as difficult as it is, um, really, those times are the times that you remember and you kind of kind of want more of like I do a lot of big sets now, like I on average, I'll, I'll, I'll do a show, I'll work for a day and, and my day very easy. Uh, most of the time, not always, but most of the time. And it's very good pay. But the days that I miss are those gigs where somebody's like, I've got this passion project. I've got a hundred dollars. I need you for the week. All right. Mm-hmm. I'll come out. I'll, I'll do the project. I'm not doing anything this week, but I'm going to have to bounce. If you know, I get a good job. I go out there, I do the job and I don't even get paid for the job. But you, you're up in Big Bear for like, uh, and I'm speaking about a project in particular. And if uh, anybody out there knows this project, you'll, you'll understand exactly um, about not getting paid. So uh, I was up in uh, Big Bear for like two weeks, I think it was, um, mm-hmm. drinking every night, getting high every night, sitting in the hot tub after a long day of shooting with like five, six other people in a hot tub that made for like two people. Uh, beautiful intern girls that um, want to be actresses, but will never make it, you know, um, gaffers who want to be DPs that may or may not make it. Actually, one of them is doing very, very good right now. But the point is, 
every night we were up there was fucking phenomenal. The movies, the camaraderie, the fun and everything. The movie did okay. Half of us didn't get paid. Most of us ended up losing a lot of money on it. They, the producer on that was a less than honest guy. Um, and for the most part, most people from that project no longer uh, work with that specific person. Um, but overall, the experience was great. And I, I would not trade that for anything. You know, yeah, I, think, straight, I, think, I, I think I maybe lost like four or five grand between what I wasn't paid and what I spent between being up there for that amount of time, but still an amazing experience. I, I have friends from there. Like my, my roommate, Steve, or my old roommate, Steve, uh, we're really, really good friends now. He's, he's by far one of my best friends. Um, and uh, he and I are still in contact and everything. He's, he's helped me move and shit like that. And I met him through all this. We ended up becoming yeah, roommates because of it. Hey, I'm telling you, man. Hey, that whole thing that people talk about in the pro wrestling business about a, uh, a hot dog and a handshake, it is 100% legit, okay? <laughs> this is that same show, the one where I worked against um, Chris, frankly gorgeous, down there in Sacramento for SPW. It's not talking bad about SPW because SPW is a legit company. Like I said, I mean, you talk about some of the talent that uh-huh. came through there. Timothy Thatcher, J.R. Kratos, John Morrison. That's uh, where yeah. he got his start. Yeah. And after the show... You know, like I got a couple pats on the back. Hey, man, you did good out there tonight, kid. You know, you're welcome to come back. Go over there and talk to, I think, who was it? Was it Sir Samurai or Big uh, Big Ugly about your payout? And I'm just like, these dudes ain't going to pay me. I know it's going to be something different. And homeboy shook my hand and basically said, yeah, man, go on over there to concession stand and go grab as many hot dogs as you want. <laughs> that was the payout. You know, so like, I think that whole entire time, you know, that I was in the wrestling business, I might made maybe about $20, man. I can't even think about how much money I spent on gear, traveling up and down the road, you know, whatnot, buying people drinks and all that stuff, you know, whatnot. But like you said, it's the memories, it's the experiences, yeah. it's the friends you make, man. That's that's what it comes down hey, to. Well, that's the thing, Todd, is it's the passion, the hunger of the starving artist. You got to keep hungry. Because, you know, that's why when people get all the money and the fame and everything, they get soft, they get weak. That's all the good albums, you know, all the good garage bands of the 90s, their first three albums are, you know, fantastic because they're hungry. And as soon as they're fed, it's all studio crap. Not true. Nirvana was great. He got hungry. He ate a bullet and he's still good. (laughs) Damn, dude. Now that you put it that way, Tim. Jesus. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. <laughs> and let's see the waitress. The waitress that filmed that bullet. Her name was Courtney, I think. Yeah. I believe so. I believe so. Love. Yeah, that's right. Courtney Love. Yes, yeah. Yep. Yep. I think that should be <laughs> our tagline for the show. <laughs> that's uh, that's one thing I do regret. Uh, I know when uh, when you started doing the training, I had the chance to go and train with you and everything, and I've always. I've always been uh, interested in wrestling to the point where I've wanted to do it. Like, I, I think I told you when I was back in Pennsylvania, I did some backyard wrestling, mm-hmm. um, but I never did any professional wrestling, but it was so scary. Like I was very jealous of you doing all that wrestling and watching you in the ring and everything like that. And actually following your dream like that. Like that was very impressive to me. Hey, you followed your dream, man. It was just a different path, mm. you know? And the way I look at it is Tim, it's never ever too late. You know, anybody who tells you, you can't do it because you're a certain age or whatnot or because you're not in the right shape. Fuck them. 
my whole thing is, you know, Diamond Dallas Page, who wound up becoming probably one of the most successful, oh, yeah. not only wrestlers, but like entrepreneurs and, you know, like has helped countless amounts of people Good guy. with this DDP yoga thing he does. Yes. Guess Don't how late it was yoga. when he started. He was in the he was in his late 30s when he started wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And no one gave the guy a fighting chance, man. Everyone pretty much saw, man, keep your day job. You, you're not going to ever do anything with this. And the guy wanted to be a multiple-time world champion, working with legends, be, got inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Yep, yep. So it's never too late, man. If, if you wanted to give it a try, there's more than enough schools out there where you're at. That's fair. I've just got too many things going on right now. Like between the podcasts, I've got a game company I'm trying to get going. I've got a movie I've got to edit. Me and Sean are actually going to uh, write uh, two films and try to get those shot within the hopefully. next few years. Like I've, I've got a lot of things, not hopefully, it's going to happen. I've got a lot of things on uh, on my plate right now to try and move uh, move me forward and whatnot. So wrestling is one of those things that I think is going to be a dream and never, uh, never a reality for me. There's this guy named David Arquette. A lot of people told him that he would never amount to be <laughs> shit in wrestling either. And you see how things have gone for him well, lately. Well, shit, so, Morgan Freeman didn't even start until he was, like, in his 50s being an actor. Yeah, oh, Samuel yeah. Jackson. He well, didn't get his first until he was in his 40s. Uh, John, Cha- John Chang? Uh, the, the guy who used to be a surgeon decided he was going to go out for Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like, uh, the guy from The Hangover. Yeah. It's, oh, Kim, Kim Jong. Kim Jong. Kim Jong. Kim Jong. Oh my God, that was very racist of me. Holy shit. <laughs> hey, Holy I'll cover it up by A. Hey, all they had to do was hear Samuel L. Jackson say motherfucker once, and it was like, hired. Oh, dude, <laughs> did you know that Samuel L. Jackson, the reason he's known for that is because he has a stuttering problem. And whenever he stutters, nope. if he if he yells motherfucker, it stops the stuttering. And that's I'll why he started there. doing he that. His fist against the post and still insists he sees the ghost. Wait, what? He hits his fist against the post and still insists he sees the ghost. That is from It by Stephen King, the kid with the stutter. That was a phrase he said to oh, not stutter. Oh, stutter. gotcha. Yeah. But it would have been way better if he hits his fist against the post and says motherfucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Holy shit. This has been fun, you guys. I'm, I'm glad this, this took too long. Yeah, way too long, way too long, and and I think I think this is going to happen a little bit more often because I mean, I I would like a monthly episode of this at least. Yeah, I'm down because I need to catch up on this. I am all down for it. Well, what uh, what uh, right now um, because 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 it's getting a little bit late. uh, What are you guys doing uh, specifically like right now? Like, is there anything that you guys are uh, personally trying to do or trying to get off the ground or? projects yeah. for the future essentially i'm asking if you want to promote anything to, to our four listeners because of those four listeners <laughs> gotta get you those promotional value here well we still sort of have a youtube channel it is inactive it's like the twitter the facebook and the twitter page are but uh, okay well what, what is that what is uh the facebook and twitter page oh hold on yeah the dale and todd wrestling show Oh, I gotta look it up to get these specifics. Those kept out live. Yeah, I'm a slacker. You know, basically just me. Yeah, it's the D D uh, DT wrestling show, Dale and Todd wrestling show. But basically, it's just me. Yeah. <laughs> but tell you what, uh, for, for for anybody uh, interested in uh, hooking up with that, I will put a link on the uh, podcast website, HappyLittleScreams.com. Uh, this has been great, guys. I, I'm very happy to have you on and everything, and looking forward to having you guys on again sometime. Yeah, this Until this has been time. a tough year, man. So I'm just gonna throw this out real quick. All I've been trying to do is just keep people, you know, like in good spirits and make people laugh. 
So a lot of the stuff I post on my Facebook, you know, like people, you know, I like to get personal and whatnot or talk about their day-to-day routine. You're not going to see nothing but a bunch of memes, a bunch of satires and like, you know, little like things like that, because I like to see people laugh. I like to see people be in good spirits because 2020 has been a bitch. Yeah. Yes, it has. I, that's I'm what I've been talking you know, for about the past year, man. That and staying away from COVID. So, yep, yep. <laughs> same here, same here. Yeah. Well, hey guys, uh, thank you very much. Uh, we'll have you on again sometime. Uh, hey, one last thing. Tomorrow yeah. night, check out on NBC the NFL matchup between the Bears and the uh, the Green Bay Packers because I'm going to be working on that. So definitely check that out. Because COVID didn't shut that one down. Right. And the game that did get shut down and got canceled twice, that would be the Ravens and Steelers. I'll be working on that game on Tuesday night on NBC. So check that out. Yes. However, <laughs> uh, this, this show probably won't actually air for about two, three weeks. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, okay. So, so go back and see if you can find <laughs> these shows. I probably yeah, should check your DVR, that. see if it auto recorded for you or something, you know. <laughs> well that's been the happy little screams podcast thank you very much for listening and have a happy little scream thanks for listening to the happy little scream podcast if you like what you heard you can find more on all major podcast providers you can also find us on facebook instagram and twitter there are links on our website happylittlescreams.com please like and subscribe and if you're feeling even more generous you can support the podcast through patreon your donations help keep us going until next time, be nice and happy screens. Are they lifting their metal hands? This is the end now. Dave, this conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. <laughs>